Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall that peddles itself exclusively to sick children to pay the fucking rent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and posing important questions like, how many kinky high school teachers does it take to help a pimp get his high school diploma? <laughs> in my experience, too. I'm Kalina McCordoff in London, England, and I am joined by, drumroll please, Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. Now listen, kids, you carry any money on you at all in your robes or bandages? Add <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Record in Vancouver. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Stu Jerichotic, also in Vancouver. Tell you guys what, if we do a good job on this episode, I'll kick the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> All right, so we are reviewing episode 20, the last and final Ooh. episode of season four, which aired on, this is only to appease Han, because I was not going to put the fucking yep. date in here, um, May 18th, 1994, all right. Yeah, baby! Know... <laughs> Zim Zam, baby! All right, everyone that tunes in to hear what day it was that the episodes aired, <laughs> we, we'll see you next episode. This one goes out for our calendar friends. <laughs> yeah. Calendar friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that there is just someone, you know, uh, deep into the spectrum that tunes in every week, mm. listens to the point where we say when it aired, and then just skips to the next episode. You know, I would. I think that would probably be the best thing I put out into the world. If there was one human who was like, I had a really bad week, I need to go sit on a train and listen to these four ding-dongs name dates for 13 seconds and then I can just have a breath. You know, fun fact, uh, this episode <laughs> aired almost exactly four months before uh, the premiere release date of Leon the Professional and five months before the release date of Pulp Fiction. Guys, Hans watched Leon the Professional for the first time ever <laughs> last night and is just chock full of trivia. I'm <laughs> Natalie Portman had a rough go. <laughs> she really did. So let's kick off with our sketch rundown. What, what's great about this podcast is oh, how we, it's supposed to be about kids in the hall, but it's also mostly about whatever the last thing we watched was. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. we want to talk about how we watched Doom yesterday, and that's it. this. This really, this really is a podcast that is just sort of like let me publicly display my tenuous connections with other adults. <laughs> we have friends. Sort Organized of. fun with friends. <laughs> so All we right. got um, a series of <laughs> racial epithets. Um, <laughs> Mark plays like a bigot cabbie. Um, in the first instance, wrongly identifies Scott as a Chinese person and then gives a ride to a woman apparently of Chinese descent. Racist? Yes. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I'm just going to run through all the epithets because I don't, I don't want to come back to this um but we okay. will yeah. have a whole segment about it <laughs> racist cabbie is back for the second one he uses the n-word it is uncomfortable a bunch uh, of times hard hard too times. um and assumes yeah. all of them are ethiopian I, I i yeah it's a whole thing um then uh we have uh, the final segment of uh, epithet three but i'll i'll, I'll talk about that because it actually merges from extreme argument um so then we get what I think is a great Gesbo, the video selling clown, where we kind yes. of get the money momentum guys trying to swindle children into buying a video, a book, 
and a mystery in a box. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this do, money do momentum th- guy is he the same guy as the as the organ salesman? I was gonna what? say, are they? The money, mo- the the sale, the Gezbo clown. Mm-hmm. Is he the same guy who sells the the Hummel two thousand or whatever it was? Yeah, I think oh, it's the same guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Money momentum yeah. guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then and also money yeah. momentum. Okay. I never thought about those as just being the same guys doing different grifts. I just oh, I, I think so. Yeah. The sketch. That didn't they? Did. They, I they, yeah. I like didn't they sell like an organ in one of them too. That's what I'm saying. The oh, Gimmel, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the Gimmel. When you were saying organ, I thought you meant like liver, and I was like, I feel like I, know, I, I thought remember too. that. <laughs> no, I meant like I meant like a penis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll sell you a penis, Hans. I do. That's what's in the box. Wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's in the box. Atta girl. High school diploma, where we have the hookers helping Rudy further his education. It's actually a really good sketch. I liked um, it. Very sweet. Then we have bad cheater. Uh, Dave is really bad at cheating. He gets on the same plane for a vacation with uh, her lover, Kevin. Uh, as uh, No, sorry. Her lover is different. Her husband is Kevin. But in her defense, it's a fucking big plane. So that's Her, that's her really lover is Greg Blondhead. <laughs> it's spelled But it's not spelt the way you think. <laughs> also, um, the throwaway line, she says, it's a big plane. And out of nowhere, Scott walks by in a pilot outfit and goes, thank you. <laughs> that's it. He's not in it anymore. It's just, it was uh, yeah. Cool. Well, and that's a reprisal of a Scott pilot sketch, isn't it? Where he's like, there, like he's being forced to pilot the plane. Isn't that a Scott pilot sketch? You know what I mean? I think oh, this so. is his plane. This guy. This yeah. guy. Oh, owns he owns plane. that. He owns that big plane. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. He, wants that plane. Yeah, sure. he rides the skies. <laughs> what we all really need is a scary sandwich. Um, it's almost like calling back to the pear dream. Um, Dave had the recurring dream about getting up from a nightmare to make a sandwich. Featuring what seems like the crunchiest and spookiest pickle to grace anyone's fridge. It was very much Dave tries to do a Bruce arty bit and is yeah. almost successful. Almost. Did you think that pickle looked crunchy? It looked soggy to me. It Ooh. Yeah, I, Play I, it I, back. It, <laughs> when we were watching it, Hans was like, I don't like that brine. He was very. No, that brine was, was very, all wrong. He was very brine critical. It was white and cloudy instead of green mm-hmm. and like herbally, you know? Yeah. Prop no, pickles. No what can you do? Kid, bad, kids bad. these days too fussy about their pickles. I need a good Polsky or Golski. You know, I back in the nineties, no one complained about the crunch or brine of their pickle. Things have changed. Well, they did, but they were also worried about the Balkans and stuff. So mm, other yes. things were going on. You know, <laughs> I'm the a troubles. Classic man myself. <laughs> yeah. And almost like perfectly leading on from our discussion about pickles. <laughs> Extreme argument. <laughs> um, Christine and Raj don't sit at their regular table and then the trouble begins. Did you kind call of... it extreme argument or was it labeled as extreme argument? It's labeled it was extreme argument. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. know. Uh, it's very dramatic to be fair. But that merges it's, into yeah, Epithet 3, which is Mark's racist cabbie reprisal at the end where he is stiffed by Raj uh, and suggests that he was inside the restaurant having sex and is uh, subsequently called out. Hey, who's phone. Raj, Kalina? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, one of our lovely boys uh, doing a bad. Um, yeah. Doing a bad. Such, such, an, unnecess- uh, such yeah. an unnecessary bad because it's like, yeah. it's just like barely noticeable skin tint and he doesn't do an accent. And so you wonder like, but why did we have to do this if it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. mentioned or part of it or contextually important at all? But also... All right, well, we're going to definitely come back to that. But I want to I want to <laughs> enter in on a high note, which is Gizmo, <laughs> the video selling clown. So we've got Bruce and Mark giving us an amazing end of the season with like a good dark light sketch about people who have gone from swindling old people out of their cash to fleecing tiny children. 
So I want to talk <laughs> about like what kind of kith energy you think it brought to the final episode and why we loved it so much. Who wants to kick us off? Oh, I fucking loved Gizbo. Um, yeah, I, I haven't quite wrapped my head around... Sorry, I was steamrolling on this one because I got Good. excited. Um, <laughs> I haven't quite wrapped my head around about what is so effective about this one because there are parts where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think it's a flawless sketch. There are little bits that I thought like could have been tightened up a little bit, but there's something about it that's so enjoyable from start to finish. I like the start where it's like, when Bruce is getting uh, psyched up before he goes into the children's ward and he has this kind of like washed up rock star energy where he's like, he like looks a little drunk and slams a pill or something. He's like, showtime. <laughs> like he, he does that kind of like greasy self deluded energy so well. I love that he's wearing just a regular ass con man suit, but he has polka dots yes. on the tie to be like an illusion to clowning. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's challenged about not wearing uh, like a clown outfit too, he's like, I'm wearing these $300 slightly oversized hilarious shoes. <laughs> yeah, that had really big Joe Bluth energy to me. Like, what, should, should the guy in the $400 clown shoes? <laughs> yeah. But also walking in and just saying like, please give me a round of applause for doing absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's my life, man. That's all I want. I, yeah. I love his like, like it feels like it's tongue in cheek with Bruce a lot of the time, but it also feels like really authentic. You know, like he's like, oh, look, you should make fun of con men who get clapped, get applause for no reason. But he's also like, but do, do clap now, please. Yes. yes. <laughs> please clap, Jeb. I also just think um, the concept of the video selling clown is such a good line like mm -hmm. i saw like the, the merchandise just made me laugh mm -hmm. have you, have I like you guys how, seen this I like sketch how the... before i want to just quickly check i've it. never oh, seen this before no, no i don't remember no, it either this is the first time i can recall seeing it this yeah i came this completely I fresh yeah man I, I really fucking love where like one of the things he's selling is just a mystery box and he's like something by like <laughs> yeah you should really get curious about what's inside boxes <laughs> <laughs> I, I also love speaking of the cover art stew that you were just mentioning. Yeah. So there's like the video where it's it shows Gesbo the clown hold like holding up a video on the case of the video, going like it's a video. And then on the book, it's the same thing except for Gesbo has got a word bubble saying it's a book. Oh, that's and then so good. On the box, it shows Gesbo holding up the box and it says it's a thing. Um, oh, I didn't because it's a thing in a box. Good. I thought it was yeah. something in a box. Yeah. 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 Something in a box also really and, and, made me laugh that they kept being like, ooh. And it is like. You always have to have a mystery. There's like always, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. do you remember going like, as a kid to any sort of store where they had toys and like you could buy anything that you wanted, but there was always like the mystery bag and like you mm -hmm, get two, mm -hmm. one was for your friend, one's for you, and you knew one of you was going to be fucked over, you know? Mm -hmm. In this yeah, case, all, everyone gets birth controls. <laughs> that is, that is first of all adorable that that is mm -hmm. your memory, mm -hmm. and second of all, yes, people prey upon children because they are <laughs> idealistic idiots. and Tiny stupid. Idiots. Well, it's not even idiots; they're just sort of like, "Ooh, a mystery! That'll probably be something I like in particular because I've never been disappointed before." Aww. <laughs> no trauma yet. Where does this where does this one fit in? Um, so what's the order of these guys? Is it Money Momentum first, then Gimmel Two Thousand, yeah. and then I think, this? Yeah, exactly. I, think so. I would say so because you start off. Maybe they like went to business school but dropped out halfway through, and then they were like, "We're gonna do this legit. We're gonna make a ton they're of money. Just, we're gonna do money they're momentum. circling the drain of of shady sales oh, operations. Yeah. Well, like, uh, exactly. Look, co coffee's for closers, and these guys have not had coffee in a long time. Yeah. 
I mean, Money Momentum, he's literally eating money. And then yes. now they're like, hey, we're performing for a burn ward for children for rent money. You know, like, but, it feels like this is really, they've hit rock bottom. Now, uh, you know? But it's important to note that even though they are morally bankrupt and possibly actually bankrupt, they're still <laughs> getting some pussy because they were, <laughs> true, true. that was very important that they, that they shared that they're still slamming down. <laughs> The uh, yes. Well, and as it turns out, what what what's in the box in the end is like a birth control uh, dispenser that they stole from one of the stewardesses. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Is. What is it, what does he call it? It's like a, adult Tic Tacs or something. Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. Because he like, rattles it. Yeah. Yeah. But you do what wonder. I mean, it? if if he just grabbed one, he must have had to distribute many a pill throughout many boxes. <laughs> no, I think the implication is just the box is whatever is on hand whatever they've yeah. put in it yeah um to answer your questions to he calls it dial a candy which is especially perfect role in the Ex- well and also the dial a candy it's like the old telephone dials the that rotary. no longer exist the wow. rotary dial yeah exactly this is just from a different universe here <laughs> yes yeah back in the day oh, women took days. birth control and phones were big <laughs> you had to use your whole hand to call your friends <laughs> you had small <laughs> fingers forget it um, I think one of my favorite things about this sketch is um, this is maybe my favorite Mark as the plant uh, uh, moment because just him as a as a child in pajamas wheeling mm-hmm. in and being like, "How old are you, Sparky? I'm eight. eight. And it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, this is the most believable plant for sure. I also love that um, it was like Sparky. That's a real name. And they're like, "Yep, sure is." They move on, and then they do <laughs> the like incredibly aggressive stand-up retort where the kid's like, "You look like a real clown." He's like, "Hey, asshole, is that your first beer?" <laughs> or I remember my first beer, which I think is a Steve Martin retort when he was doing oh, stand-up back in the day. I didn't know that. That I was like, someone familiar. was heckling him, and he was like, "Ah, I remember my first beer," and people loved that. But it's become right. It was so well received that amateur stand-up comedians everywhere have been using it to the point where it's become like a trope of a bad retort now, which is mm. odd. Um, The other thing that I know got a good laugh out of a bunch of the rest of you is when um, Mark says that he was sick with a sick tummy and he thought it was because he he was being a bad kid by looking at underwear uh, catalogs. And then it cuts to one of the sick children just looking down like shameful. Well, Mark Mark leads him first. He's like, I thought it was because I was bad because I looked at underwear models Mm," and like turns his eyes down and then it cuts to the kid. Like yes. mimicking yeah. him, which I was like, oh, yes, that's, like, that's really I cute. Have also done this. <laughs> I so also, shameful. I was a horny little kid with a bowl cut, so that one hit very close to me. Can I tell you a funny uh, related story? <laughs> which is that it's coming no matter what I was <laughs> when I was in my my burgeoning youth at that age. For some reason, we used to get oh god, what's it called? Like Franks of Hollywood or like something of Hollywood, and it was oh, like a yeah, lingerie. Yeah. It was like a lingerie magazine that used to get delivered to our house and. Uh, I just like where fan. this is going. Just, I was just a big fan. I really enjoyed Yeah, I feel like you really, really pulled enjoyed. out of that last minute. Yep. Yeah. Fredericks of Hollywood. Fredericks. I knew it had like an F. Yeah, Franks. <laughs> Franks of Hollywood. Lingerie. Come on down to Inglewood. Discount lingerie. But yeah, I think like yeah. overall what's really great about this, like you have the lightness of like being in a children's ward, jokes about clowns, and then like really <laughs> terrible intentions by the adults and just... I don't know. I feel like that's just really good kid energy. Like, yeah, joking about kids having their first beer, just telling them to fuck off. It's it just it's it really encapsulated, I think, everything that we love about kids, mm. especially for a sketch that none of us have seen. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. I agree. Let's move on to segment two, where we started out with something <laughs> uh, really lovely, and now we have to go back to our millennial corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the triad of racial epithets, and then, uh, as we have kind of disclosed already, our concerns about how Scott has played Raj. So, racism! Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anybody <laughs> wanted to have a hot take about how they felt about pretty much half the episode being made up with... Um, I don't know, like, just jokes about race. I mean, the uh, cabbie character, like, I think it would be pretty hard to misinterpret it as anything other than him being a giant asshole, as as the other cabbies call him. Like, you know... Mm. We've seen this guy before, and I feel like it was more ambiguous than than it kind of looked like... Because he... the other one, I don't think he ever said what people he didn't like, and that was kind of. But he joke. was implying we that like, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost because of certain people, and back home they knew what to do with them. If you catch my drift, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, like, maybe maybe we don't joke about racial, you know, ethnic cleansing, but also, it's, it was the '90s. Stuff was going on in Turkey. <laughs> I. I will say. Think that ahead, there Lena. was. We talked about this the other episode um, about the Filipino boy sketch <clears throat> where we were trying to decide whether it worked because of who, not whether it worked, but like could it could it stand up in any capacity because of who it was making fun of. Yeah. Because here, of course, Sex you're kind of like, this is a, this is a terrible cab driver. We know he is a, a racist homophobe and the punchline is not the people who he is, um, <laughs> I guess offending with his yeah uh, with his shit, but like it's still like I am very un- I would say very uncomfortable with the second one where you have hard a trio art. of uh, mm-hmm. black men and then him openly using the n word multiple times. I would yeah. I, with a hard R. Yeah, we cannot we cannot do that. Um, <laughs> no. Well, my my position is like you wouldn't make it now because I think first of all most comedians are not as comfortable playing such an outwardly irredeemable villain. Like, I Mm -hmm. I think comedy trends have just moved away from, like, look at what an asshole this guy is, which is not to say it's good or bad. It's just you don't see as much of that. Mm -hmm. So I think it would would be more out of place. And I think in current context, it would feel like more of a statement to be like, I did this really racist character. And you're like, okay, but why? Um, But having said that, I feel like the spirit of the skits are perfectly acceptable because it's like, this guy's kind of a dick, and you don't even know who he's prejudiced against. He doesn't seem to even understand who he's prejudiced against. Mm-hmm. He like well, and that hates was the, the thing. A blonde the... ponytailed Scott. Yeah, and that was the thing in the first one. I thought that this was gonna like walk the line and do it successfully because he doesn't actually say an epithet, mm. and and he's like you people, and and Scott just looks confused, and you're like, yeah, okay, that is kind of funny because it's like you know this guy's clearly an asshole, but like doesn't seem to know like it's better not knowing what he thinks scott is that he is mad at and then as soon as he as soon as he says like chinaman then it's like oh well that's not very funny anymore like it just it it lost it there and if all three had been sort of like of like of that ilk without the actual use of the epithet if it had all been kind of like he's he doesn't like these people but it's not clear why it's very clear he's an asshole but like but in what particular way like that could have had some humorous potential i feel like um but also in that first one it's like not even just that he's like yeah yelling at scott and calling him a chinaman then like seemed to have no problem giving 
the woman of Asian descent actually a ride to Chinatown. It was just yeah. it was confusing. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The joke is he does not understand who he is bigoted against. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, so just continuing in the vein of like, let's tell the kids how to be more funny 30 years after the fact. Uh, I think that's As how you could have made that specialty. funnier. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, I don't think there's a way to make Raj good. I think you just don't do Raj. You could do anything. He could be what I thought he was, which was Raj, which <laughs> is short for Roger, and he's not in brownface. Mm. So you, you do that, and then all of a sudden, that's fine. Easy switch. <laughs> uh, I will play the villain for a second and be like, I don't sure, I'm not sure I believe this, but I'm like, I think there, I, uh, Stuart, you went straight to jail. No, it's, there's something about like doing a racial character that's not about making cheap stereotypical jokes that I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting that you like, you know, I wanted to play an Indian character and not have him be the like easy, easy jokes or Fair. super sneering. But I'm also like, but it also, that's a dumb argument to make because it's just unnecessary. I don't know. Well, I, I think it explains maybe why they thought it was okay at the time. There were, you yeah, know? like there, there were lots of examples of this happening in like, like, I don't think it was, I agree. I don't think it was intended to be like a stereotype. I mean, the, I, I thought it was kind of interesting when uh, Christine does her big uh, diatribe against him and where she's like, I've had a vision of you, Raj. It's you oh. standing in a hole with a bunch of people around you who do not know you, so therefore they feel no sadness for you personally, just a general sadness for a stupid, ignorant club kid who could die alone in a hole. And it's like, I don't know, I got this idea of Raj as like, not as like an Indian guy, mm. or, or but like as a as a uh, as a club kid and like a gay guy. And it was kind of like, oh, you kind of got a full sense of him. And I think that's probably what was intended yeah. is like is is in Scott's mind there probably is this fully fledged character for all I know there's an actual Raj that he's trying to like inhabit as this like club kid guy or whatever and he doesn't see anything wrong with that and so I understand that and I still yeah disagree. but it's just like but there's, <laughs> it, it's that weird dynamic where we're like don't pick racial characters just to make racial jokes but also don't do racial characters just for no reason because it feels yes weird. yes i will say yeah. with the very light brown makeup and the club kid line it made me think of um william von der Armer from party monster the guy who played fez in that 70s no. show oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah and i was like yeah okay, i can see that hmm which did you know that fez uh is not actually the guy's name but is actually like an acronym yes for, i love what it yeah. was like for an exchange for student, an exchange student. Like that, right yeah. i love yeah. that oh. yeah fez with an s that's super funny yeah, yeah. yep anyone want to add I some, anything else to the millennial snowflake corner <laughs> i hope we never see the cabbie again I hope we don't see Raj again. I know we see Raj again. Oh, I will I say we're... the cabbie, when we first saw him, I was like, oh, it looks like a somehow more hungover Alec Baldwin with the eyebrows. <laughs> That's good. That's all I have to say about that. Speaking of good facial hair Speaking of general... other people who give racial epithets. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Um, well... <laughs> Back to some lightness. We're going to do what we think we like maybe even last season suggested we should do and never did because we forget because it takes us ages to record ever. Toot or boot <laughs> on some fashion. Yeah. You know, um, um, even though I, I don't want to really weigh on on Raj being a good character, like Raj's outfit. 
I toot it. All right. Yeah. That was a good outfit. It's like a, start, it's, start it's, 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 it's super 90s too, you know, in a way that hasn't come mm. back. So like when you see it, it's got that original smell. <laughs> it really does. You know what it is? Like it's that like multi-colored, like that that color blocking of the yeah. sort of almost corduroy. Yeah, I think it's like other material. The hood is corduroy or hoodie? something. Yeah, and it's <laughs> right? it, there's like a lot of it's not just like layering of colors, but textures. I don't know. It's nineties yeah. in a way. Yeah. I'm looking at I it mean, right now, and in. it's like there's a hoodie on underneath a jacket. The jacket appears to be like some sort of like thick fabric um, and it changes, it's like color blocked with like black arms and then like a, a red front with stripes on it. And it's just, it's a lot. Uh, and yeah. it's, I think there might even be two hoodies. There's like a, a mustard hoodie and a green hoodie. Just flash forward to, to 2010 yeah. when all the fucking scene kids were wearing just like this the, is, the hoodies yeah. with no sleeves. This is probably like partially just because they live in Toronto that they've got multiple layers of hoodies too. It's probably just fucking cold. Mm. <laughs> that could be. That's how it informs it is, your it fashion. It is like a huge jacket though, and it's got massive like pockets on the chest on both on both uh, on both chests. All I can think about things. is how much work we're gonna make Hans do digging out all of these screenshots from the episode, and how grumpy he's oh, gonna yeah. be. No man, I've I've got it dialed into a science now. Um, but staying with that sketch, okay. do we tutor boot Christine's outfit? Sorry, which boot. one's Christine? Boot. The other part of the argument. Mark. Mark in it, not when he's oh, a caddy, but when he's uh, a friend. I didn't like it. The, the like the the skirt like tight long boot combo would be fine if it wasn't like one of those pleated skirts. I would say. Mm, but, um, yeah, the pleated skirt doesn't yeah. do it. Yeah. So when I first I, before I am, oh, sorry, go ahead, Hans. No, go you go ahead. Before she opened her mouth, I was like mm, boot, but then I heard that diatribe and some of the energy, and I'm like, oh, this makes <laughs> sense for this girl. This is a girl who like. She's a big hoop earring kind of girl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The big and I'm hoop like, kind. Big hoop kind. <laughs> Kalina. <laughs> uh, but like the kind of, inco- like the fact that the outfit doesn't work perfectly feels like it works for this character because she seems like the kind of girl who would wear an outfit that isn't perfect and then be needlessly aggressive about it. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I'm, like, okay, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it right now and I will say it, there's a lot of things to like about it. It does feel kind of like a blossom outfit, you know? It's got this like oversized awesome. jacket that hangs yeah, like blossom. almost all the way as low as the skirt. And then you're right though, it's the combination of the, like the pink tights and the pleated skirt. But uh, there is a detail here that I'd like to point out that I do toot even if the overall outfit isn't, which is that her jacket is kind of this like, I don't know, dark brown purpley burgundy type mauvey type thing maybe and it's got like a subtle subtle leopard print on it. Ooh, you I know like i love it. an animal yeah. print yeah so I, I i toot that jacket uh and the jacket blouse combo which with the very yeah. colorful floral pattern though I, I i agree i will boot the outfit all right love that um let's go back to the hooker sketch yes tell me Stu. This... i feel like you had big opinions on this Oh, I feel like I've been talking first this whole that, episode. That but, that yeah. gimp suit, by the way, with a doggy bone. Oh, oh yeah, oh, we're yeah. we're all tooting yeah. that. Tooting, sure. <laughs> yeah, toot. toots, toots all around. Specifically, I, I, like I, it was like the bone in the mouth. It was like the dog. Yeah, bone, the dog. And bones. it was like not just like a bone. It was like one of those like hide bones yeah anyway. don't forget be... also that he's got large science teacher glasses underneath, on underneath yeah. the yeah. leather yeah. straps. Yeah, the, the two Can't things about the mark outfit that I wanted to point out was like. The bone is a really good touch, but it also had to, there's some technical finesse there because you had to put it in such a way that it looks like it's in his mouth like a gag, but he can still enunciate clearly. Yes. So yes. I was like, yes, oh, yes. good job, Mr. Props Man. Way to use the taxpayer money. That's good. 
Uh, two, I realized that we probably see more of Naked Mark than any other kid because he's the nymph at one point. They like put him mm. in a diaper at one point. It's like Mark loves showing off his little, his little dingly. Was dangly. he in the diaper? Like I Kevin don't know. Was Kevin, Kevin Scott, wasn't a diaper, like, but Scott, we had like a full on like playground oh, of his right. body. <laughs> Scott, right. Scott relishes it more, but I feel like Mark is. Oh, very and we've also had Scott down. as as Rooster Boy. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. And we've uh, so we've had a fair bit of Scott nudity. We've also had Kevin where he was like dressed in like a I, we thong also had for one thing Bruce just for in the affair. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although um, to be fair, Mark also does a bunch of that stuff in the that same sketch. Have we seen much of Dave's body? Not really at all. I think no. Dave is the most modest. So modest. But I will say okay. in this in this hooker sketch, I I love his character's outfit. I would wear that. <laughs> wear that. Uh, wait, Mine is the high uh, y- Yvonne's like the the Dave hooker. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, yeah the red sweater. Yeah, but honestly, black the leather big, skirt. Like, like, the big hair. refers to them as thirty dollar yeah. hippers, uh, hookers, hippers. Uh, yeah, hippers. Uh, yeah, Rudy calls In them the thirty dollar hookers. Range. I was like, what a deal! What a deal! Yeah. It, well, well, it's because so, inflation hold on a has been a bitch. <laughs> On on the oh, yeah. on the outfit question though, aren't these the same outfits the hookers always wear though? Like I'm looking at Scott with the kind of green jacket, the the pink top with the short black. You know, skirt. Like, isn't that always they do, Scott's? They do look familiar. I will yeah. say, I think they changed the breastplate for Scott because I noticed the nips in those ones. <laughs> and <laughs> when he came on, on screen, right I was like, look at the nips. <laughs> Like honestly, I think the only reason you guys are so excited about the the hookers' outfits is because this is the first time we're seeing them in full light. Like normally, we're seeing them out no, outdoors no, at night. There's one with there's one with Rudy in a diner. Yeah, when they were getting the new Coke. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I will say the out of this sketch, other than the um, other than the leather harness, I think Rudy's outfit is a total too. Yes. Rudy's got like a real solid pimp outfit. Minus going on the here hat, with, like, though. Pointy leather shoes. Oh, I know. I think the. The, the hat works. He's got like this. What is it? Like a sh- uh, a snakeskin leather jacket. I pretty of some much sort? dress that way. Unironic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. I think that's why I love Where it. He's also got bottoms. like stew hair down to his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hans, that was actually a really that was a that was a back not a backhanded compliment. It was a, a like a front handed kindness or something. <laughs> Slap in the face. No, you're, he's you're, also got bell bottoms. You're just like I like it because it reminds me of you, but you didn't say it in so it many does. words. Like, oh. Yeah. That Hans, what a sweetie. Um, I know. Always comparing my friends lovingly to pimps since 19... Just Kevin what? pimps, the most harmless of all of them, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. What a... I, the reason I was thinking about the, the fashion of this one is because I had a little... I had an out-of-body experience when I was watching them on screen, and I was like, imagine explaining to an outsider in the 90s, like an American who's never seen Kids in the Hall, and you're like, yep, this is what we're into. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just the, the, the vista of of dress and personalities in that and hotel drag. room and yeah. drag and like drag the for the the, the the like casual acceptance of the drag that they do is so funny to me where it's not like hey women are stupid <laughs> you see it's just sort of like now we're playing girls now because it's, it's funny well and that's why i like it better than um than monty python because in monty python they're always playing like I'm a woman. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas here they're like they they basically they they do play women but they play yeah. them pretty straight. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't try to I think well, we've talked about and, this before and, and over the this is probably them. why yeah. like they're also or at least Scott's like, yeah, Raj is fine too. I pretend to be a woman sometimes. 
I, I I act as a woman sometimes. I act as a person of a different race sometimes. And that's kind of what I was thinking. And, and, and like by that token, there were movies and TV shows doing the same thing. And you know, the pendulum could always swing the other way in twenty years, and it could be something where like yeah. drag is seen as extremely <laughs> offensive. Yeah, this is like true. pendulum swings the other way, and they're like they're not doing enough racial jokes. Those <laughs> bad, bad millennials. That's where I thought you were. No, going no. With that. When I, like, I when uh... I said the pendulum swings the other way, I mean we don't know what will be offensive to people in the future. So like, Agreed. Uh, yeah. actors dressing in drag, um, you know, culturally it's seen as extremely appropriate and good right now. Um, yeah. In twenty years, maybe it'll be seen as something extremely offensive and terrible, and uh, trying to steal something essential that cannot be captured. I, I don't know what you know. Yeah, you never know. And you then never someone know. can do a podcast about our podcast, and and oh. do we hold up? Oh, and the cycle of uselessness continues. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to finish off with the um, bad cheater sketch because oh, yeah. I feel like both. Dave as the cheating wife and whatever Greg Blondhead. Blondhead. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. There, there are some moments in there, and I would like to start off with with Greg's outfit because the screenshot I'm looking at right now, it's like it's like a it's mm-hmm. like a bumblebee <laughs> style, like striped, yes. like thick stripe collared shirt, but he's carrying a leather jacket and he's got really good like light blue. 90s Acid jeans, wash jeans, you know? yeah. And like, he seemed as much a little creepy to me at first blush. I didn't did. even notice it was Bumblebee. There you go. So I mean, Thank I, you. I'm not necessarily gonna toot his outfit, but I'm gonna give it a nod, you know? Yeah. Who? He could be a walk-on character in a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Who gets yeah. the biggest yeah. boot of this episode? Do you think? Oh, it's got to be Dave's cheating wife. I think. No. Oh, sorry. Biggest no, boot. Biggest boot. Sorry, she gets boots biggest now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boot would probably be like either the cabbie or Scott's like business person in the very in the very first epithet sketch, maybe. Yeah. 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 That, that, pony, that ponytail is rough. Yeah. Um, and it's like that '90s oversized suit kind of. You know, like, I'm not, you know, not going to say I want to boot the cabbie style. Like you, you, you know, it's it's not bad. <laughs> it's just he's he's a bad man. I actually kind of like the cabbie style, not in terms of how it looks, but who it is for that character. Like, that kind of, that has that very, like, nebulously from the Balkans look to me. Yeah. Is he? It's like the second reference to the Balkans I made today, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, vaguely Eastern European, dude. Is he not supposed to just be Serbian or Croatian or something? Yeah. Something like that. You know, one of the contentious European countries. (laughs) Uh, Anyone else want to talk about fashion before we go to stand-up sketch? I wanted to, Quick th- one of the things that also popped out to me is when we were talking about, you know, the kids tend to do much more, let's say, realistic depictions of women. They also tend to do depictions of different tropes of women. Uh, like you were saying, you know, Monty Python tends to either do like lover or mother or, you know, like grandmother. Whereas these mm. ones tend to do like, you know, Mark was that kind of bitchy club kid. And we have mm. a lot of moms and single women. And like, there was something about the terrible red wig like the short red bob they put on dave in the cheater sketch that i was like this is a 90s woman i know who this is Mm -hmm. i really appreciated that it was like she had that very big patterned sweater on with the like semi-severe badly dyed bob and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah this this is you know 
she was wearing a blouse that had a pattern on it that looked like it could have been an alternate choice for the Portland airport carpet. Nice. You know I mean? um, oh, yeah. Like, like it's, it was like their, their, their runner up choice for the Portland airport tar- uh, oh, uh, carpet. Speaking of Portland, when they're doing the uh, extreme argument thing, which I didn't think was a terribly interesting sketch. No. Um, it did make me think of Portlandia with the, uh, the mm. women's bookstores. Like, you know, the, every time you point at me, I see a penis. I'm like, yeah, it's the same joke. But she's anyways, but Dave is also wearing um, like a somewhat high waisted um, like pair of gray slacks to go with it. And it's just it very much feels like um, a woman who is a mid-level manager at a bank um, in their like commercial finance department whose name is like, um, oh, I don't know. Like Tracy. Aud- Audrey. Or, yeah, Tracy. That's 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 exactly. Tracy's a name. 90s ass name. Yeah. Yeah. Super 90s. Yeah. She works with fuck the bank guy, probably. But she doesn't like him. She's 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 his boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like, this guy never comes into work on time. And meanwhile, I'm fucking Greg Blondhead. <laughs> Wish you were Greg Blondhead. Um, standout sketch. I I assume that most of us liked Gezbo. Um, but mm. let's 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 do around the horn just just to finish off the episode. Um, Trevor, do you want to start us off? Well, I was going to give it to Gezbo, but if everyone's going to give it to Gezbo, I'm going to give it instead to Scary Sandwich. Oh. I actually like Gezbo more, what? but Scary what? Sandwich, wow. I, oh like, my God. I like it. Dave's doing a, right. a weird 80s horror pastiche, <laughs> and it's, it's I don't know. I, I don't think it's actually all that funny, but it's like enjoyable, you know? I, I liked the implication that it was a Jacob's Ladder never-ending cascade of horror dreams. <laughs> it's a, a dream pickle. loop or something. It was like, mm, existential horror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your score on it, Trev? Uh, give it like a three and a half out of four. Or five. Three crunchy pickles? Three, yeah, three, <laughs> three and a half crunches out of, out of five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are soggy crunches. Mm. Hans, give us your non-soggy take on this. <sighs> I mean, it's like, for me, it's a toss-up between high school diplomas and Gezbo. Yeah. Um, I think I will give it to, I'll give it to high school diplomas. I, I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you saying that just because you don't want to like be on the side of everyone else who says Gezbo or? No, no, no. Want... I didn't actually end up scoring Gezbo uh, by accident, I think. Um, so, but it, I, you know, they're, they're close. I like them both. Um, but high school diploma, I'll give it to you because it had like some nice lines like, no where she's like you're gonna get your ged for sure and dave's like i don't think so i don't think they have these questions for third generation armenian (laughs) (laughs) um or like or rudy talking about his dad dying uh in an explosion and saying it wasn't a total loss they named a urinal after yeah um so there's about that there's it was it it, you know what i will say i think high school diploma was punchier so anyways i give it a I give it a 3.75. I think that was some of the best. Dollar hooker out of five, yeah. Some of the best Kevin uh, delivery I have ever seen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You seemed really confident, yeah. Yeah, good, good, confident Rudy. More confident Rudy, Kevin. Mm. Do that for us in the past. But I mean, we did see some vulnerable moments with Rudy. He thought, yeah. he was like, "I'm a loser. I'm a loser." <laughs> Very much in Kevin. Yeah, this is true Kevin too. Type. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stu, what about you? You know, I'm with the boys that, I, for me, it's a toss-up between Gezbo and High School Diploma. But while we're here, I would like to give honorable mention to uh, Bad Cheater. Because All right. I, oh, yeah, sure. I, I feel like there was something about the delivery that didn't quite... Like, this is almost the opposite of the delivery from High School Diploma, where I felt like Kevin nailed all his lines in High School Diploma. The concept of Bad Cheater is really funny to me. 
mm-hmm. there's something a little bit awkward about the delivery. But I wanted to give it special mention because I'm like, there's I, the idea of I can't believe you're doing this to me, and you're so bad at it. Like I think there needed <laughs> yes, to be yes. more of a tonal shift between the hurt and the accusatory for it to like really land. But there's something about that that I just fucking love, and I'm going to be thinking about. I know. But you know what that's kind well, of an echo I, you know, of is like in is it's in screw you taxpayer when they're like, mm. Wow, what a bad sketch mm. and in such poor taste. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I would say, Stu, I thought his like line by line delivery was great, and it's more like the structure of like how the sketch develops that was missing. Like I thought his delivery of like one, I'm so hurt, and then like the the hard switch to stopping crying. Yeah. And like I can't believe how bad you are. I'm so things. bad at this. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen this a little bit in the back half of the season, where some of the Kevin sketches are more ambitious for some of Kevin's writing, but mm. the the construction feels a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It anyway. just feels like it needed it needed more places to go than it did, or it needed more time to build up, maybe or something. Yeah. But, well, I, like yeah. when we we're the other one we did where he does. Uh, uh, like famous mental Elvis I also thought was like yes, a yes. little bit out there for for Kev and like quite funny but there was yeah it's like it, the pacing is weird or something I can't quite mm-hmm. put my finger mm-hmm. on it but yeah still good that was your honorable mention though wasn't that, it? that was my honorable mention I would probably <laughs> I, I I love both Gesbo and High School Diploma I like Gesbo because we get to see really strong rapport between I think it's mostly a Bruce showcase because Bruce just kills it. And I love me when Bruce is firing on all cylinders. We get to see Bruce and Mark interact a little more, which we don't see a ton of. And I thought when they click in, they click in very well. well they were the original um, gruesome twosome too. They, they were, they yeah. Are. So you get the writing partner, yeah. but they don't, they don't tend to bounce off each other in the same way that like, uh, Dave and Kevin do. You no, know? Like they, 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 they have a different energy way. when they work together. Like Ke- Kevin yeah. and Dave, they're, they're the gruesomest of twosomists. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's just, yeah, they, those two are just really locked in with nobody likes us guys. Like they really seem to go on it. But this one, like, they have some casual banter, like, at the end, where he's like, oh, shit, what's the sign-off line? Where he's like, ah, see, you're learning something. And, like, they, they, as mm. both kind of playing slippery con men together, where they have that sort of winking, like, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, but I also love mm. High School Diploma because it's more of an ensemble and everybody's good in it, you know? Mark That's is incredible true. in it. Scott is incredible in it with the big fake tits. Mm-hmm. Dave says very little, but nails everything he says. He's like, no, I don't think that's true. Like, this kind of flighty Quebecois woman is just, oh, it's perfect. And Kevin is incredible. Very good. Yep. Anyway. What are your scores? Fuck. I'm going to give High School Diploma 3.85 <laughs> illegal blowjobs. And Gesbo, the video selling clown, I will give 3.5, but there might be more points in this mystery box. Oh, interesting. interesting. So if you pay me, Stuart, more money, we will see what's in the box and if I will indeed give it a higher score. Wait, okay, so, sorry, um, uh, sidebar in terms of illegal blowjobs. I've been away for a very long time. What is, what is the deal with prostitution in Canada? <laughs> what's oh. the deal with prostitution? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Question: I think, I think there was a Supreme Court ruling that recently that said that yeah, you could, you could enforce like sex work bans and things like that. Because the interesting thing here in the UK is that you're, like you're allowed to uh, be in, involved in sex work, but you cannot be part of a brothel, and so therefore you can't live in a house even with another sex worker, uh, and you're not oh, allowed to el- sorry, sex solicit in- on the street. Institutions discretionarily 
enforce policies to uh, <laughs> take advantage of marginalized people. This is a lot of news to me, man. But it's interesting because speaking to some sex workers for for that article I did, you know, there's there's um, safety in numbers. So sometimes, yeah. well, absolutely, own, yeah, brothels are definitely. More well, that's safety. what I'm saying is like, yeah. you know, when these are going through the house, the discussion is usually around like, oh, we want to take care of these poor marginalized people, and society needs to get better. And then mostly what it amounts to is like, we should just harass people who are already having a bad time. I f- I, f- I feel like. I feel like Kevin in uh, Kevin's Coeur de Bois in uh, Chalet 2000 being like, the government doesn't care about people. <laughs> it's just getting really sad. Yeah. Right. Well, that was lovely. I'm going to finish off by telling <laughs> you that. I, yeah, I mean, my, my favorite was Gezbo. I thought it was great. I'd not seen yeah. it before. I love the money momentum guys. I just always think about, Look at Gord eating money. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there wasn't like necessarily a line that I'll always pick up from this, but I will watch it again. The high school diploma is a close second for me um, for all the reasons that you said, Stu. It's just like everyone's kind of on their game. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the, the <laughs> kink outfit on Mark is just perfect. He plays it really well. And his energy um, where he's just sort of like, oh, yeah, I'm a high school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. so neutral. Yeah. Will you teach our pimp, like, English? Oh, yeah, that'd be oh, great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's it for season four. Um, yeah. Wow, we're done. Yay, wow. Jeez, we're 80% guys. of the way there, I again. hate it. I, mean, I hate well, it. We need to there's, redo there's all of the There's the movie. Seasons. There's Death Comes Town, and there's the upcoming East there's season. There's another season Amazon, on its so. way. We have we're, never, we're, ne- we're never stopping. Never stop. Don't don't sound too excited <laughs> there, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, join us next week for our rap party, which will be hosted by Stuart, our resident girl drink drunk. Woo. Hey. Woo. <laughs> A real woo girl, that guy. Sure. In the meantime, you can find Hans down in the gift mines on Twitter. <laughs> at Kid and Tell Pod, weigh in on your favorite sketch. Talk to us. I don't know. Enjoy some delightful gifts. Thanks for listening to Kid and Tell, guys. Bye. 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 This is worse than Raffy. <laughs> 